good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, the Stephen King podcast. I'm your host, Michael Rose Red Rothman, and today we're tossing our rose-tinted lenses aside for a pair of jet-black wayfarers. Why? Because we're looking ahead at that California skyline where the sun is out, the air is cool, and the breeze is bringing a bunch of headlines our way. There are other worlds than these, as the great bard wrote, but there's only one Hollywood King, baby. And Lord Almighty, are we due for a visit? Because the last time we were around these parts was way, way back in November, week before we cut the turkey with the family, and I binged all of Rocky. Good times, good times. But rest assured, good times are ahead today, because uh, since then, and especially this past week, uh, we've been just bombarded with a storm of stories involving Side King. So much so, you might call it a storm of the century, uh, at least when it comes to these episodes. Fortunately, at least for my sake, I've got a few familiar faces with me to brave out said storm. Riding shotgun in our Mint 58 Plymouth Fury. She's a true Nashville star. Please say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is Gen 2, the Rage Adams. Although I like Nashville star, that sounds... It's not bad. I don't know, maybe that... It's not bad, yeah. Although it does make me sound like a country music singer, which I am not. So. Well, maybe you are a Nashville star and a singer like uh, our writing the bullet boy, Jonathan Jackson, you know? Oh, you're right. Hey, if if Jonathan Jackson's involved, I will be on Nashville star. I'll yeah. make it work. I needed you last week because uh, Flieger was shitting all over him. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, Flieger, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Spe- He's probably the best actor I've ever seen. Yeah, well, How hey. How dare you? I know. <laughs> that voice... He's bringing that sweet baby back blues from Chicago. <laughs> Say hello. This is Dan. Why did I move to Southern California? Flieger. Oh. Uh, I've been thinking about Wax because Johnny Knoxville's doing press tour. And oh, that's yeah. actually how he met Spike Jones was through that video. So love that video. I love but that. Video. Happy to be here uh, to talk all the Hollywood news. And just to, for the record, I wasn't. it wasn't his fault uh, for riding the bullet. It's more the material, I think. Um, oh, yeah, we heard what you said. I, I believe the I phrase was "black hole of charisma," right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I did say that, so I stand <laughs> yeah, by it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. When we get Jonathan Jackson on the podcast, we'll make sure that you're uh, you're on that episode with us, and you know, <laughs> right? um, and you can maybe say some nice things about his work in Camp Nowhere. And uh, oh and man, what else is he talking everlasting? I only know three credits to his name. I'm like <laughs> this supposed super fan of Jonathan Jackson, but I know three fucking movies. One right. of which he was like what 12 years old in. Well, sitting next to Flieger. In the fourth and final seat, constant listeners, I have to say, <laughs> this is a Hallmark episode. I know. Because we're joined by a very special guest, Stephen King. Um, he, you know, <laughs> he came on the podcast, he tweeted us about, no, I'm just joking. But you know him as the man behind the madness that is editing our show. And, uh, well, we know him as Kyle. Uh, Kyle, uh, please say hello and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, this is Kyle Ka is a wheel, a Razovic, uh, oh. longtime listener, 
constant editor of the Losers Club podcast. So if any of my jokes don't land, I'm going to edit in an over-the-top laugh track like I'm a character from a Stephen King book who just told the joke. That is true. Everyone, like, when they, they always say, like, they're, like, leaning over and laughing so hard from the jokes. Or they break explosive wind or of something. Of course, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you could, like, dub in, like, Norm Macdonald bits or something like that, you know. It just, <laughs> all of a sudden, we just have, like, all these, like, shoddy recordings and stuff in there, like, from different comics that have... Uh, uh, left us, I guess. But uh, well, that just got grim. What's let's, the deal <laughs> with Stephen King? Yeah, right. It's just like you have like a you know live from Chicago and like right before it. But um, <laughs> Kyle, you know, Kyle goes but way way back, way way back. I, I actually know Kyle longer than I know um, my current girlfriend right now. How about that? Um, but uh, I, he saved the day with us because um, if you recall, uh, way way back in 2018, the a year that was wild and crazy for us, uh, the year that we actually did our IT coverage, but way before that, um, we just kind of like had to remove a bunch of episodes from our feed. But the only reason why those episodes are available now is because Kyle came in to save the day. I, how did we get involved in this? I, I don't remember at this point. Did you message over socials or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a longtime listener. So I was listening to a bunch of episodes and I noticed that you took them down. And then you mentioned, I was listening to a misery episode. Mm -hmm. And you guys were talking about being in the situation of reaching out to people and just taking your shot. And so I, I heard that and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just reach out, see what happens. And then the second I played the episode back, like from where I left off, you guys were like, unless they're like creepy and then you don't want to go any further. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh great. Yeah. yeah. Several restraining orders later, it all worked out. So. Yeah. I look, it's been four years later and I, and I don't know how I do the show without you, Kyle. I mean, it's uh, it's especially since we've doubled episodes. I mean, back in those days, we were, you know, four a month. Um, now we do almost 10 <laughs> a month because we're fucking crazy and, uh, it's psychotic and we never, uh, we never stop, but, um, you keep me sane. You complete me, <laughs> Kyle. Uh, so Aww. well, you had me at fuck yes when you responded to my, uh, DM. Nice. So. Nice. Well, I am very stoked to have you. And this is a great episode because God damn it. We have so much news and uh, look, I, I don't want to pick favorites here on this podcast, but. <laughs> I love the Hollywood King episodes. They're my favorite. We get a little crazy. I do miss when we used to do like two Needful Things episodes a month. I think our best bits are on there. Um, but maybe we'll try to bring them back. We've been trying to make Hollywood King come back every month. But look, there just wasn't that much. You know, there weren't that many headlines to cover. And God damn it. There were so many. These, the, the, the past two weeks, I already said it before, but there's just been so much news. And it's it's just been hard to keep track of. But look. We got about, I think, 10 stories to cover or something like that. But um, let's kick it off with the first one because, uh, you know, otherwise we're going to be sitting around here running circles. So, Jen, take the first story. Oh, later, alligator. Is that why I get this? Yes, <laughs> that is why you get it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you know that your joke is truly com comedy gold when other people start to make it for you also. So. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to pat myself on the back there. All right. Later, alligator. Uh, Blumhouse is in the king business. The hit or miss studio will release adaptations of Firestarter woo, and Mr. Harrigan's phone this year. And now they're moving forward with a TV based series based on later. The hard case crime novel King published just last year. The premise is simple. A kid can see dead people. 
Hmm. But the execution is surprising as King gives us a villain that's much more than meets the eye and not because he's Bruce Willis. <laughs> Interestingly, Deadline reports that the series was created as a vehicle for Lucy Liu, who we are assuming will play Tia, the mother of the aforementioned Sixth Sense child. Perhaps the series will focus more on her? The limited series is being shepherded by Rael Tucker, a veteran of Supernatural and True Blood, so two of the hottest shows on television. That is true. Yeah, so expe- <laughs> yeah especially the former. Like, I'm expecting lots of hot cast in this too um so expect it to be at least somewhat goofy and hot that's my edit uh granted the material might benefit from that sort of approach who wants to bet they just leave that later is now infamous final chapter on the cutting room floor yeah that's what i was gonna ask because well like we can't spoil it so we can't really talk about the ending right but but there is but if you know you know (laughs) yeah and i i don't know i i guess if you're looking this as say like a, an HBO series, they've definitely gone there before. Um, I just yep. don't, I think it just really depends on where this lands. But I guess the first question I have really is just, this, do you think this book is going to work as a series? I mean, because it's pretty slim. Um, I think it could. I think, I don't know if necessarily the book itself as a series, maybe the book itself as a pilot, but like I could see him just seeing lots more dead people, you know, like maybe hot dead people and yeah different like it kind of like a quantum leap kind of thing you know like each time is a different dead person or like ghost whisper i don't know yeah because it is very episodic in a way the book Mm because they do have you know different sections like helping the dead writer um in the beginning is one um yeah i i i I could see him if they flesh it out with and get a little more creative with certain ghosts because the idea of the formula of how the kid sees ghosts and 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 vice versa, there is a lot mm-hmm. there. I feel like you do. Dan, did yeah. you Fleer, did you read this one? Um, no, I've actually still been waiting to get a copy, but I know how that ends and yeah, I, <laughs> they landed on the right <laughs> network. Um like TV yes. land up there. <laughs> That'd be funny. True, yeah. You know, yeah. no, it's it, I understand it's like two hundred and fifty page book, right? Um, yeah, it's not very long at all. It is weird because yeah. there, there's like a ghost renaissance occurring right now. The way that vampires and zombies, there's always like a fluctuation between mm-hmm. what is like the monster du jour. Because um, there is that BBC show Ghost that's supposed to be very funny. And then mm-hmm. there's like an American oh, yeah. version that I've not seen, but I heard it kind of loses some of the charm. But with like Ghostbusters coming out recently, I don't know, it just seems odd that this, you know, it may miss the window of when ghosts are still in vogue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you, have you read it, Kyle? I did read it. This was I started to read it, and then I worked on the episode that you guys did, and then <laughs> basically spoiled the ending. And I kind of stopped right before the the last chapter. But uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Did, it, did you read it later? <laughs> <laughs> I was like blowing through it. I was halfway there, and then I got to one section, and I was just like, uh, let me just change gears. And I put it down, and I read all of Drawing of the Three, and then came back to it. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Drive of the Three is great. Well, both books are, uh, they feature New York City. So how about that? That's, uh, so I guess you spent some time uh, not too far from where you live, actually. How about that? Um, yeah. yeah I, we, we found out we have so much in common. We're both like from similar area. We're born the same year. Me and Kyle had like yeah. a uh, DM back like and forth. And, yeah, DM cute. <laughs> oh, a little uh, palaver over there. Uh, is it palaver? Or I can never say it right. Is it palaver? The audiobook says palaver. Oh, palaver. Okay. Um, well, I guess the last question I have in this is that if they do make it, you know, if they try to extend it a little bit, do you? Th- I guess it is being a limited series, but what do you think the tone should be? Because I feel like that's going to be the hardest thing to really capture of this book because tonally the book is a little all over the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. It seems like, because I've actually never seen Supernatural or True Blood, but it does seem like it's a little more uh, like Chummy. Like Jaws, Sweden kind of world. Like it's a little more fun loving than like mm-hmm. super serious. Um, so is yeah. the tone of the book a little more fun or is it a very like dour book? It's a little more, I mean, it gets to dour places. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. even when it gets serious, like it never feels that dour. Like it, it kind of has a punchy yeah. tone to it. Um, just because it's also a hard case, you know, a hard boiled or what is it? Hard case crime. Hard crime. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, sorry, Jen, go for it. No, you're fine. It's, it's a teenager protagonist also, which mm-hmm. kind of like supernatural is, a CW show, you know, I think it's a very good CW show, but it's still got a lot of that kind of DNA. And then True Blood is, is like, I would say like CW goes to college kind of show, yeah. you know, like it's, it's very like, there's a lot of camp, there's a lot of like humor, but also like kind of iconic, scary stuff. So I think it could work. I think the tone actually, now that I'm thinking about it makes sense. I think it would lighten the book a little bit because like the ghosts that he sees are what is really dark about the story, yeah. you know? And then I guess whoever Lucy Lou would be playing, that is a, a pretty dark character also. But I think those could easily be softened to just kind of make it more like an episodic ghost chasing show. Uh, see, I want you Euphoria with ghost. If that's <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, everyone's doing designer drugs. Lots of and- nudity, drugs, and ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know, I kind of hope that, you know, at the end, it's just like uh, at the end of like episode three or something like that, you know, it's like, hey, Jamie, um, you know, thanks for saving the day. Hey, anytime. And then, you know, he like turns around and, and like Olivia Rodrigo starts playing or something like that. Yeah, and they know? start and making out. Like- and- <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little more... I'm a little cautious on this. I, I I think Blumhouse is pretty hit or miss sometimes. Um, and as as obviously as Randall, uh, you know, put in his red up here. But um, I don't know. I, I I'm ex- I'm excited still just because I really did like the book and I like the breeziness of it. The fact that they do have a veteran of Supernatural also excites me because I do think as as you actually mentioned, Fleer, even though you don't watch the show, um, Supernatural is like a perfect tone for this. Um, I, I'm a huge, huge supernatural head. If, uh, you listen to Jen and I's episode from last year on our Patreon, uh, we go all in. Um, but, uh, I, I do think that having folks from that show actually work really well for this story, um, because supernatural is very lore based and it's also, um, mechanics based. Like you, they, they have certain mechanics for different monsters, different, you know, um, elements that they have in that. And that is a big part of what makes later so compelling is to capture that mm-hmm. sort of dynamic with, uh, you know, between the ghosts, the humans. Um, I think that's it. There's no goblins running around or anything. But um, anyway, that's it on later. Let's go to the next story. Uh, Dan, take it away. Billy, Billy, Billy boy. So in a move that proves Hollywood is as rabid as Cujo is for King. Or as Cujo for King, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this uh, his second novel in 2021. Billy Summers is also getting a limited series. This time with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. Um, he's doing this one with was it Ed Zwick and Marshall yeah. Herskovich. Yeah, that's a hard uh, one. <laughs> yeah, to adapt, uh, and then uh, Zwick is actually going to direct it. So they're currently shopping it around. Yeah. So this one I feel a little bit better about because no. I mean, Bad Robot's track record's pretty fucking great. Um, you know, Lisey's story last year, 11-22-63, which really kind of technically kickstarted this whole King renaissance. And, I mean, say what you will about season two of Castle Rock. I think season one is pretty great. And I think that this I think this story really fits in their cues on because it's a little more drama. But um, 
What does everyone else feel about this one? Flieger, I mean, you read Billy Summers well, recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, it's actually funny because I think I'm the only one that likes season two of Castle Rock. Um, not, I'm not trying to be like contrarian here by being like, oh, I've never seen Supernatural. Like, I no, just no, go for it. it. Like, I don't. <laughs> um, but I have seen Castle Rock, and I have seen Lisa's <laughs> story, and I have seen Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. So I'm not the biggest J.J. Abrams fan. Um, it's too Spielbergy for me. But I actually like it when he kind of takes a little bit of a backseat. Mm-hmm. So maybe with the uh, Zwick directing, it won't have the J.J. Abrams like sheen to it. So it could be. I, I think it's actually kind of a cool story for a limited series. Yeah. Like, have you everyone else read it? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, okay, Kyle, you read it also. Yeah. What do you make of uh, of this being turned into a limited series as opposed to like a movie? I think that's the a good way to go. While I did like the book, I'm not really like aching with anticipation to see an adaptation. There's already Barry on HBO. So when I was point. reading the book, I just had every one of those characters in my head um, as the characters in the books. And I couldn't get out of it. But yeah, yeah that's a good yeah, point. I, it, oh, go ahead. I was gonna, let's just say, it's going to be hard to follow up with Barry. You're right. Because that balances the kind of very serious dark subject matter with humor and mm-hmm. i feel like yeah. that's a token of a lot of these jj abrams things there has to be a little bit of humor in it but how do you go against a juggernaut like barry well right. and i know. pictured bill Hader when it's still on the air too oh totally. exactly mm-hmm. like aren't we getting a third season soon yeah and they yeah. apparently i think they reportedly wrote season four during quarantine also so they have that oh, really? ready and so i imagine four will come out around the time this would um but yeah. Yeah, I know, Jen. What do you think? I mean, I know. Um, I mean, we 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 talked at great lengths about Billy Summers last year. I yeah, honestly, didn't think we'd be getting an adaptation this fast, though. Um, I think that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. Like, I I loved that book, so I would be down for this. Um, I, but I pictured Bill Hader all the way through mm-hmm. as Billy Summers. <laughs> that's so so funny. like, you know, that's who I would want. And I, there's part of me that wonders if, like, um, oh gosh, what is it? What's the name of the show? That show, Barry, if Barry like inspired some of this, you know, because it just feels like that kind of character to me. Um, but I don't know. I I love 112263, the book. I was kind of iffy on the show. So mm-hmm. like I, I wonder, like I'm afraid that a show, an adaptation would kind of take the heart of this story out, which is what I loved about it. But, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll still watch it. Yeah, it's I, a- I was going to say, I never got into the 1122 miniseries because i i think it came out right after i finished the book and i it was too close and like i was started to watch it and then they they changed a couple of things and i was like the book is already perfect i'm too close to like it was probably like a month after i stopped reading the book and i was like i can't Mm -hmm. watch this and so i feel like that's it's almost too soon for billy summers yeah yeah Yeah, especially for books that have like a big emotional journey which both of Mm -hmm. those do you know yeah i mean sammy actually had a problem watching the miniseries for 11 63 for a similar reason she had just finished the book and i think that Mm -hmm. night we put on the miniseries and she was like no i don't wanna this isn't these isn't these isn't this isn't how i picture the characters this isn't isn't the world that i saw I, i i think that's a good point to to bring up and and something that I think might be an issue with a lot of the newer King works is that, you know, obviously the diehards have read it. And so for them, like we're discussing here, it could be that it is too soon and it hasn't really soaked in there. And we haven't had enough distance for the characters that we visualize in our head. And then on the other end, there are those that probably didn't even know about the book until now. And then mm-hmm. I guess they'll read it concurrently or something like that with it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting because we've, you know, we've long pined on this show about how, intellectual property in Hollywood is king and they just keep making, you know, 
all, all this bullshit sh- stuff that, you know, like there's a Hot Wheels movie coming out and a fucking Barbie movie coming out and it just never ends and they make sequels after sequels. One thing I do hold on hope even beyond King is that, um, and this is something I've talked at great lengths with my girlfriend Sammy about, is um, is that there's a huge movement in like YA book and also just like hit novels that are being turned into shows and movies right now. And that is like a huge movement that's happening. And I think Hollywood is actually pivoting towards that um, more so, which is kind of why we're seeing a lot of King being picked up right now, because there, I think a lot of studios are realizing like, yeah, we are making Barbie and Hot Wheels. We are scraping the fucking bottom of the barrel now. Like we need to go back to original stories. And yeah, you know, to that point, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this one just because I think Bad Robot does a really good job in pairing like an eye for the project. Like, I mean, look at Pablo Lorraine for Lisi's story last year. Like that is a fucking perfect match. And like Edward mm-hmm. Zwick is a great director. I mean, he's done, he did Glory. He did Legends of the Fall. He did Courage Under Fire, uh, Last Samurai, which is really underrated, especially if mm-hmm. you're Tom Cruise head like me. And um, Love and Other Drugs, which is fucking phenomenal. Um, and let's not forget a little, uh, a little movie called uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, uh, which... It stars another Tom Cruise. So, uh, and, and and let's just say that, uh, you know, Billy Summers happens to be a little bit like Jack Reacher. So maybe maybe we might get Tom Cruise in the lead role here uh, as Billy Summers, which which means that we get some Tom Cruise in King's Dominion. And I, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm all for it. So that's interesting. But, I can't for that, that yeah. there is no Tom Cruise in King's Dominion. Like he has never been in a King. Yeah. Property. You think at some point it would have been some kind of crossover. Yeah. You think right. It, you get me a story. Right now, give me a, you know. Um, yeah. I, I want, want to be Billy. I want <laughs> Help to me be Billy. Be Billy. Yeah. God, so many, you know, t- so many cruise references here. Um, who would yeah, you cast, though, beyond I actually, Bill Hader? I had an idea for yeah. casting. I thought uh, Daniel Kaluuya would be good. Mm. Because oh, nice. I thought of Billy as like, he can't be too young. But I also don't necessarily want an old man. Because, you know, there's going to have to be some kind of relationship with a character that gets introduced. So I feel like he's he's got that presence of like, you know, man, middle age, not middle age, but he's like early 30s. But I think he can play a little older. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think he could be intimidating when he needs to be. Oh, um, God. Yeah. You know, like Fuck. I think when there's a couple. Man, Billy is like pretty dark. Like the more I think mm-hmm. back and think about it, some of the stuff yeah. that happens in it, you're like, wow, this is like so much different than what I thought going in. Um, but I thought he would yep. be a good uh, character for it yeah. or a good actor. He was phenomenal, though, in Widows. And oh, I yeah. think that's what you were yeah. t- like kind of referring to in terms of the menace. Um, because like he like that scene where he's just like and it's a meme now where he's just like kind of like circling around the guy it's fucking great like I so I, I don't know I, I actually really like that casting but um, yeah me too what about uh, Jen I mean I know you had Bill Hader but you got to have some yeah some, some hot castings uh, well if I can't have Bill Hader and I can't have Alexander Skarsgård because I just don't <laughs> think that would work but yeah I like Daniel Kalua a lot I think I don't know you were naming like I could see Jake Gyllenhaal maybe I, he was on my short list too yeah I was like Ryan yeah. Gosling or Gyllenhaal I just don't think it's a project that they would go to um, but maybe yeah. we should do yeah. another yeah I like Daniel Kalua better because he feels a little quieter yeah you know it, which, which I feel like the role, from a the role was a little more like, stately someone who right. it looks like there's a lot going on under the surface even if they're kind of strong silent type but maybe we should do another SNL yeah. cast member Ooh. um hmm. Bobby Def- Moynihan Bobby Moynihan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about uh, uh, who, Pete Davidson? He's like, oh, I gotta do this hit job. <laughs> yeah, God, uh, Kyle, who would you choose from Saturday Night Live? From Saturday Night Live? Uh, I guess yeah. I would honestly probably go with uh, 
Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. That's actually you know, really good casting because he he's you know he's a nice guy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that like Hater would would text him and be like, "You're fucking getting yes. in my territory here, right?" I mean, that'd have to right. happen. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on, Jay. I, <laughs> I used to be able to do his work. <laughs> I mean, looking at Zwick and his back catalog. I mean, beyond Cruise. Uh, I mean, he worked with Leonardo DiCaprio on Blood Diamond. I don't know if DiCaprio does this. I just don't think he's going to do a Bad Robots production, especially if he's in a Scorsese photo a p- picture. But he just did, you know, he did a Netflix movie with McKay. So who knows? Um, I think Gyllenhaal is not far off because mm-hmm. he, they work together on Love and Other Drugs. I think Gyllenhaal has no qualms doing like TV at this point at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's been doing like multiple Netflix stuff. I, I don't know. I, I think if I had my money on it, I think they're probably going to like offer this to Gyllenhaal. Um, it just seems like that's like a perfect cast member for him. But we'll see. Uh, where do where do we hope this winds up though? Because like the other, you know, eleven twenty two sixty three was with Hulu and Castle Rock was with Hulu. I feel like this is probably going to be. They're going to probably ship this over or try to with Apple TV Plus if Lisi's story went there. That's I think right? this is Apple yeah. TV written all over it. Yeah. Which I mean, is great. That worked out really well for Lacey's story. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that they gave that show the room to be what it needed to be. And so, you know, yeah, with the show with a really like strong emotional core, that's what I would want. You know, I do wonder. But if, I also think it gets in the way of people seeing it. It does. Yeah. It's right. But the people who do watch those shows are like absolutely fallen in love with all those shows. Like yeah. Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. Mythic Quest, For All Mankind. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. people are always talking about those. They're kind of like the stealth yeah. original mm-hmm. source for TV right now. I mean, because I feel yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mean, I, so I have they, a feeling they're going to buy A24 or Neon in the coming years, which sadly, because those are like my Ooh. two favorite studios. And I feel like I love that. I don't, don't want to put the Apple sheen on them, <laughs> but I just can see them. Mm-hmm. It's easier than creating your own. It's just to buy up who's making kind of prestige film and television right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's they're in a weird position and I have a whole Apple ran on it, but like they, they, they kind of shit the bed with a few major things once Jobs died. Uh, Jobs, my hero. I, I love Steve Jobs actually. And I don't, <laughs> you know, I know everyone says he was an asshole, but I don't know, maybe sometimes uh, assholes could be, uh, you know, geniuses. What can I say? But mm-hmm. I will say they are catching up big time trying to uh, make up for some of their losses, like, I don't know, not being number one in the streaming game, which they had it literally in their pocket with iTunes and with also with Netflix. Like, they should have been the net Netflix and instead they waited too long for this Apple TV thing. So if I'm Apple, I'm, I'm Tim Cook. I'm sitting up there and thinking like, God, my last 10 years has just been abysmal. What am I going to do? I'm going to go buy Netflix. And I mean, I'd rather him do that than make the podcast app worse. I know, God, they fucking update. <laughs> just the worst. Yeah. It's destroyed our fucking followers. But uh, anyway, I know. Uh, God. Can I mention somebody else that I want to be in Billy Summer? Yeah, because go for it. Because I don't know how much of a spoiler it is, but there is a female character that I love, and I have been watching Yellow Jackets, and I'm obsessed with it. And the actress that plays young Shauna, Sophie Nalise, I think Thatcher. Is mm-hmm. who, how you say her name? No, not Sophie Thatcher. Um, that's Teen Natalie, but the one who plays oh, Teen right. Shauna, the younger Melanie Linsky. Um, but it was Sophie Thatcher that we're going to talk about in a minute um, that made me think of this, but she would be perfect yeah. for this specific character that I don't know if it's a spoiler to even mention. I but, would say, I don't think it's a spoiler anymore. I, I would, look, I'll just say this, and I was going to say this for the next story, but like, you're going to see the cast of Yellow Jackets like everywhere. 
in like the next. Oh yeah, rightly so. It's already starting. Awesome. They were in uh, the mm-hmm. Boba Fett show, the Shelby yeah. Thatcher, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow, like I recognize her. And it's funny when an actress gets She's work awesome. at the same time, you know, because these were all being filmed while Yellow Jackets was filmed, mm-hmm. and then when it just mm-hmm. the dam opens, and you're like, well, get ready to see this person for the next few decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's Jasmine Savoy Brown also oh, who's in Scream yeah. and then um, Yellow Jacket. She's incredible. That weekend so. for her with opening with Scream and then having this season finale of Yellow Jackets, like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, what a fucking just grand slam for her career. I know. Well, Kyle, I'm showing, you know, I'm, I'm going to pivot, like, just throw this next story to you. But I have to ask, are you uh, Team Natalie on Yellow Jackets or have you watched Yellow Jackets yet? I haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet. Ooh. I don't. Get- it's showtime, right? You're in for such a treat. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. the one I don't have. Yeah. It's got a lot of buzz. It's I got hear. buzz like bees. <laughs> um, well, so where the laugh track goes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, go for the next story from uh, Mr. Bozeman. <laughs> All right. Yellow Jackets actress Sophie Thatcher has been cast in Rob Savage's upcoming Stephen King adaptation of Night Shift story, The Boogeyman. She will star alongside Chris Messina in roles that have yet to be disclosed. Savage directs from a script by Mark Heyman, yeah. uh, which is built off original drafts by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, A Quiet Place, and uh, Keela, Akela Cooper from Malignant. And then you guys discussed uh, this adaptation in November, but here's a synopsis. Still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her little brother find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in the house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. All right, well... I mean, look, as we discussed in November, it's that that is not the story from uh, Night Shift. Nope. Yeah, that's, that's not. <laughs> is that the Night House? It, it's it. It sounds like the Night House. Honestly, there's a lot of that, that that's there. But I um, I the I don't know. I I think what's what's interesting with this story is that the Boogeyman itself, the titular creature, and the way it works into the story or the way he weaves into the story, I guess could be enough to have some sort of connection to that story but i i don't know I, I do think that this is this could potentially be like a lawnmower man situation where you are just kind of taking elements to make a, another original story which i'm totally fine with i don't have a problem with that. yeah because the story is pretty depressing yeah you know like that's that's a downer like we saw the uh um that sounds glib me talking about it but it's like, like ch- really young children dying like it's it would be hard to actually watch you know so i don't know it could be that this is a good update although the issue is like how old is it legitimately believable that people would be afraid of a monster yeah. in the closet? And, and also that know? they wouldn't have. I say that as a woman who checks under her bed before she gets in it. Every <laughs> day, it's, so. yeah, that's what I, she has like, she's too old and has like agency to, if there's a problem, a teen girl is old enough to kind of address it. It feels like versus like yeah, um, elementary school on. or middle school aged. Uh, man, now I just want yeah. to cast Tom Cruise. You said glib, and it made me think of Tom Cruise. Yeah, again. it's like <laughs> you're so glib. Matt, that's Matt, why Matt I think Lauer. it was in my head. Matt, you're yes. being you're being <laughs> glib, Matt. But uh, but I do like that actress. Uh, I actually did like Yellow Jackets as well. I thought that was a uh, one of the mm. better uh, series to come out last year, or I guess this. Year, I don't even know. Time doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it started last year. It ended this year, and then it'll come back mm-hmm. this year too. So, but I think you're works. right too, Mike. Like I think we're gonna see a lot of that cast appearing. Um, and much more. Yep. Um, and I'm also excited. Just I know it's not Yellow Jacket talk, but uh, seeing like who they cast for some of the other adult roles, because um, mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. reading like short list of those, and you're like, oh man, and you know everyone's gonna want to get attached to this project now. So yeah, totally. I mean, awesome. it is on 
you know, it is on theme to talk Yellow Jackets because uh, King himself is is a fan. Um, he tweeted mm-hmm. uh, last month that uh, he said, Yellow Jackets is a hell of a good survival story, a hell of a good mystery story, and has its fair share of horrifying moments. What it's also got, so many current shows don't, is sharp characterization and a mordant sense of humor. Um Thank you, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah well, that. you know, look, we on the Losers Club, Lynch and, and King, uh, they're intertwined, uh, probably because yeah. they're my two favorite people in the world. But um, <laughs> again, I, I think what, uh, you know, not to go on to Yellow Jackets with that, I, I, I think that I'm excited about this because of the talent. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I like the story too, but I do think the talent is the thing that's hooking me in because I fucking love Rob Savage. Like, I think, I think Host is one of the most original fucking horror movies of the last, like, five years. I thought it was really well executed. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see if he's going to continue to have that sort of um, uh, unique digital point of view. Because his, his latest film, which I haven't seen yet, called Dashcam, I think also utilizes a lot of, like, not found footage per se, but, like, um, you know, digital projection and camera work. So... The, the first thing I thought of with this was, you know, not to spoil b- the boogeyman, the story, but the, it's about, a, you know, talking to a therapist the entire time. And you could potentially have it where it's like Zoom sessions, you know, that are going yeah. back and forth with your doctor. Maybe it's during the pandemic or something like that. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is for me, it, it's it's not so much. Oh, I want to go see this short story come to life. Because we've seen that multiple times in millions of dollar babies, because how many times has that been used in the dollar baby uh, film festival? But I really am excited to see um, what Savage does, and then also Thatcher's great. I thought I think honestly mm-hmm. you're gonna put the top three kids cast in in Yellow Jackets. Thatcher is probably like two or one, if not um, yeah one. Jim, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have any other thoughts on this one, on this project, especially since I know Messina was in one of your favorite movies of 2020, which is uh, Birds of Prey. So hell yeah, Birds of Prey. Yes, yeah. he's awesome. I love I, I love him. I've I haven't seen him in anything that I didn't like him in, and of course I love um, young Natalie Sophie Thatcher. Um, yeah, I like the idea of like a kind of I, I'm trying to think of what the actual app is called. It's not at Squarespace is what's coming in my head, but it's like that mental health app, you know, where you can have online sessions. So, and I think that would be interesting. Like I'm imagining like a closet door opening in the background of like someone Uh telling the story, you know? Um, and I love that short story too. It's one of my favorites from, um, from that book and it might yeah night shift and it might be the first one one of the first two Stephen King stories I ever read and I think it holds up but I think what makes it hard to adapt and what makes it I don't know if dates it but makes it just just kind of prickly is a lot of the the characterization of the young father Mm -hmm. and you know just how he talks about his kids and his wife and so if they can lose that part of the story but still keep the core which is like the scary thing in the closet, then I think that that would be awesome. And yeah, I loved host and I think it was really effective. So yeah, I'm going to watch the shit out of that. Uh, Kyle, do you believe in the boogeyman though? Or as I say, Mr. <laughs> Bozeman, of course. Yeah. I'm like Jen. I check, I check my closets. I check my kids' closets. I checked under their beds. Anytime they drop yeah. anything under their bed, I'm like, you get it yourself. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> not doing it. Do you ever have a Should problem have like it. with your hand? Like, you know, you always see like uh, in cartoons or in movies, like, you know, the character always with his, his arm over the bed, you know, like dangling and he's like falling asleep. I could never do that. It's like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. That's how you no. die. Yeah. 
Is it going to pull you off, off the yeah. bed? Ever have any experiences, Flieger? Seen the bo- uh, Mr. Bo- yeah, I was actually, whenever I fall asleep on my couch, I always have like an arm jutting out and then I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, it's so dead. It pins and needles. Um, no, I, I mentioned, There's like a tra- trailless line away <laughs> yeah, from Yeah, coming down my face. <laughs> but uh, no, I mentioned in one of the other podcasts that my love for Mr. Boogity on Disney mm. Plus. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yeah. I remember that. That's, is that on Disney Plus? It's on now? Disney Plus and the sequel is also on there. And it's such oh. a weird oh uh, Boogity Rides Again or something. <laughs> yeah. something like Bride of Boogity or something. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I remember watching that when I was a kid. It's a very strange film. Um yeah. but this again, I just don't know that there's enough meat on this bone. Like I these are things that I think would be work better as like creep show apps. I feel like we say mm-hmm. that a lot with the mm-hmm. short stories. But I also think mm-hmm. Mike's right that this might be like a lawnmower man thing where this is just kind of the launching off point. And I think a yeah. lot will get added yeah. to the actual story to kind of beef it up a little bit. Because I just don't see enough in the original short story. And the short story to me kind of almost read like folklore because it was like mm-hmm. a story that we're all familiar with even before mm-hmm. we read King's take on it. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. we'll do a wait and see holding pattern on this one. But You really could do – I keep thinking of just the the way that Hollywood really only greenlights things unless they have some sort of longevity attached to it. And I think that this is a story you really could just keep doing again and again, like a different house, a new boogeyman or not the same boogeyman, you know, different house and just keep having fun scares. And it's not a ghost, you know, like there's a distinction there. There's a distinction between mm-hmm. being, you know, B- Mr. Bozeman and a ghost. And I and I think that's a fun distinction to play with, because with mm-hmm. a ghost, you know, we you kind of lean on the same tricks and treats that are that you would put in any haunted house. But with the boogeyman, I think you could go really into lore. And mm-hmm. you know, Flieger, I know you love getting into lore and stuff with, especially when you know any show or movie does, because you can kind of have either new rules or yeah, um, you find know. it very alluring. Um, I don't know why I'm doing so many dad puns today. <laughs> yeah, I right. Jesus, Christ. I was talking about his kids, and now I'm like, I don't have kids, but I got dad jokes. Yeah, um, yeah. you should just go. You get more when you have kids. You get more dad jokes in the arsenal. Oh, I guess no. I look forward to that. Um, no, but they I send I, you a book in the mail. It's like here you go. It's time. <laughs> dad jokes. Yep. Yeah, by mail. Uh, what dad jokes to expect when you're expecting oh my god it's like she, your wife's reading like something really serious and you're just like hey this joke's great I'm gonna save it when he's eight right. you know Jesus. yeah oh. she's reading stuff about like childbirth and like yeah. how to care for the baby you know yeah. and you're like hey here's a zinger yeah. here's something to say when the friends come over yeah Jeez. man uh, but no but like the boogeyman is like a it goes across cultures because everyone, you know, it was like you're afraid of the dark through most of human civilization. So there's some sort of boogeyman myth of like, oh, someone got murdered or someone fell in a ditch and died. It was like, must have been the boogeyman. And I think like when you look at the outsider, right, Mm -hmm. was it the Chinga? And that's just like, that's like a Mexican version of that. But other cultures have it. So I don't know. It it would be kind of cool to see it episodic and go to different countries and have different types of boogeymen or like little monsters where the closet can be like a portal to yeah. other closets. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Especially you get Fred Savage to come back too. Or it was Ben Savage. You know, it was Fred Savage. Uh, oh, and mm, Howie Mandel. That movie's also scared yeah. the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, I thought the movie was very scary. Yeah, it's a little unnerving. What if the boogeyman is the good guy? And oh. what if I'm picturing some kind of like quantum leap type thing where like the boogeyman like goes into closets and like fixes families, you know, and then maybe Sophie Thatcher is like Al, you know, and he's like, here's what's going on with this family and here's how you can help them. Yeah, this week, and the boogeyman the is a bus driver going through a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanks, boogeyman. <laughs> oh, my God. The merchandise yeah. alone would be great. You could have like a little cuddly buddy, right? boogeyman, you know, um, maybe it comes yeah, with like, a little just, hat. Yeah, it's like green and sl- you know, 
is because if he yeah. has a hat, it could be like uh, maybe even a cane. It could be like the ending of Miracle on 31st Street. And then like, it's like, where'd Mr. Bugman go? And then there's the cane in the corner and you're like, <laughs> he's gone. The slimy trail into the closet. Yeah, it's and, like, this <laughs> See you later. Um, well, I think I think that's a cap on uh, Mr. Boogeyman. But uh, speaking of Bozeman's, there is no person that knows the, the Boogeyman and the things in the dark than our next subject on this. Uh, Dan, take this next story. I see an M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, who recently returned to the producer's chair for the third season of the Apple TV thriller Servant. Uh, and during the press tour, the filmmaker remarked to the Wall Street Journal um, why he reads Stephen King. And I quote, I read Stephen King because of his ability to put characters in supernatural settings and still come across as grounded in reality. Uh, he further revealed, uh, I don't know if I read him because he's scary. <laughs> oh, I like thing. that was a great impression by M. Night, by the way. I, you know, I can't think could, of what Could you sign like. my copy of uh, The Lady in the Water, please? Um, yeah. But uh, he, he's kind of a blind spot for me because like, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of his stuff. So I've just kind of like, I've never seen The Village. I haven't seen Old. Probably it's better just, off. Old is good. Oh, wait. No, not The Visit. That's the one I'm thinking I of. I like The, the Visit, yeah. I think I The like Visit's the visit, so yeah. underrated. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got to say, this is probably the most I've agreed with M. Night in two decades. I I, I think mm-hmm. I think this is actually what made M. Night's work really um, strong in the, in the early ons is when it was grounded. Um, I, you know, I've been, I'm here down in South Florida with my, uh, with my pops and um, he's got, uh, you know, cable TV, you know, cause I think once you reach a certain age uh, around 60 or 70, everyone just buys every fucking channel. And for some reason they don't buy any streaming networks. But uh, so I've just been going back and flipping through the TV like I used to do as a, as a kid. And so I just, they've been playing signs like every night, like, cause I don't know what it is about mm. cable networks. They're like, all right, we got six movies this month and we're going to yeah. play the same fucking ones every night at nine o'clock. Yep. So I've been rewatching like it's parts TNT of signs. Formula. Oh, it's, it's, and, and you know, that's why I had rewatchable movies. It's great. But like, all right, enough's enough. I've yeah. seen, it's, I've it's, seen a very Brady sequel too many times now, but it's bizarre. Like I was going to say, like I was watching like once upon a time in America on like MTV two. Yeah. I was just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. I don't get it. Like, like oxygen was playing. Um, Oh God. What was Oh, like bye bye love with Paul Riser at like four in the morning when I woke up and I'm like, who is up right now? Well, I am, I'm up watching. That's a good this. movie. This I actually is, like that. Movie I actually, I like that movie. It always makes me want McDonald's, but, um, I, I I gotta say like I kind of miss the the days when it was when he was grounded because he recently remarked he's like oh I just wrote the the fastest script I've written in in since Signs or whatever and I was like hope to God that makes you not think too much about adding stupid shit in your movies because like mm-hmm. I, I don't know Randall loves old and we, we had to we we all saw it last year and we were kind of like all right this I, I didn't really like it I thought it's it was a great premise that he kind of botched into not having great grounded characters. So I, I don't know. I wish you would take King's advice or insights a little bit more. Um, I don't know. What anyone else have any thoughts on M Night? Uh, Kyle, are you a are you M Night head? I would say so. I was like really into him when he came out, and then kind of just like probably like everybody else, just kind of fell off around the village and everything else he did until uh, Split, and then. Um, mm. But I would say my go-to is uh, Unbreakable. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah uh, I think that's my favorite in Nighttime Alone. It's funny. It really it was, did. Oh, yeah. It, it was spoiled for me by Andy Richter. I was watching Conan, and he <laughs> revealed the ending of Sixth Sense before I saw it. Oh, really? So, like, that's I've always sort of been set up to fail with him just because mm-hmm. I, like, enjoyed Sixth Sense, but yeah. because it was, you know, and at that age, you're like, oh, if I know the ending, then the movie sucks. And now I can appreciate something, whether I know the ending or not, ahead of time. Yeah. Um, the funny thing, yeah. though, is as someone who's not a huge fan of his work, 
every time I see M. Night Shyamalan interviewed, it seems like he has a really good sense of humor. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. He's a very mm-hmm. friendly, like cordial guy. And you, you'd think he would be kind of more like, I don't know, like a snooty professor type, but he seems like he can yeah. poke fun at himself. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe I didn't even know there was a TV show called Servant. Uh, going back to our Apple TV, like, <laughs> I was going to say, closed yeah. universe. I've heard it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It I is the exciting. Season that, gets better. Yeah. Kind of like what Mike was talking about with the cable TV, though. Like when you first get a new streaming service, it does kind of open the floodgates of like, here's all this new media that I can consume. Yeah. Because you know, I find myself mm-hmm. going to Netflix and refreshing and being like, is there anything, you know, new here? Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I am excited when Apple TV seems. Like it'll become more mainstream because it's they're building up quite a portfolio at this point. Well, I like the classics, mm-hmm. you know, and and Apple TV needs to add some classics in there. You know, I, I want like maybe they go and buy a catalog from like I don't know Orion Pictures or something like that, or um, you know maybe mm-hmm. a label mm-hmm. that hasn't been picked up yet, like TriStar or whatever the one with that was the TriStar was the horse, right? Yeah, maybe that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That, that, although that's Columbia, which is owned by Sony. What about so Plan B? Plan B, yeah, go for that. Or go for, um, it, I just need a back catalog. Because for me, like a streaming mm-hmm. network, that's my favorite part. That's the bread and butter for me. Like That's why like when I first got Shutter, I was just like, oh my God. Like, there is just uh-huh. you know, so much shit here. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, but what is your uh, go-to M. Night though, uh, Fleer? I mean, I remember seeing Unbreakable in theaters with Caffrey and he loved it. And I was just not. A fan. I don't. I don't think I've ever liked any of his films. Well, that's. Oh, really? I didn't like it when it when I first watched it either. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, oh, I loved it. I remember walking out of the theater and like, holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah. Have y'all seen Devil? Speaking of Christmas scene, oh I yeah, think he's in Devil too. <laughs> Devil yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's it's it feels like I don't know. I don't want to say it's a lesser movie, but it feels like it, it kind of goes under the flies under the radar a lot. But I really liked it. it scared the shit out of me. I didn't mean, heard it. I gotta check it know? out. Yes, yeah, elevated yeah, horror. Good. It is. <laughs> uh, only yeah, that was in the latest screen. In an it takes place in an elevator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, are you scared of elevators? I, I, I got. I think like seeing Speed as a kid. Uh, oh my god. Scared oh yeah. Elevators. Oh, when they yeah. barely escape, their legs getting yeah. chopped in half. Oh, yeah. yeah. That and Mission well, Impossible. Oh. The first one. That. Yeah. Kill, oh my god. When you're like, and, there's uh, no way they're gonna kill Emilio. There's no way. And then Royal Tenenbaums. bombs. Royal bombs. When he's like a shag ass. Oh, I love that. So scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what's also scary is uh, Wes Anderson's latest movie. Uh, all right. Let's agreed, go to agreed. the next story. Jen, take it away. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. <laughs> oh man, Firestarter news. Yay. Uh, Firestarter will be rated R for violent content. Fuck yes. Once again, Keith Thomas, The Vigil, is directing from a script by writer Scott Teams, who wrote Halloween Kills and Rectify. So it was a bit of a mixed bag in the series. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> um, Ryan Kira Armstrong from It Chapter Two, an American Horror Story, plays Charlie. Sydney Lemon plays her mother, Vicky. Zac Efron um, plays her father, Andy. And Michael Gray Gray Eyes um, from Blood Quantum is Rainbird. So I could not be more excited for this movie. I am fully prepared to be let down <laughs> because. That's just the way life is, but yeah, <laughs> that's the way I'm life super is. Excited. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, <laughs> like, my expectations are so high. Mm-hmm. Like, the thought of any movie ever meeting those expectations is not, you know, because yeah. I got burned with um, Carrie, the Carrie remake. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone did, including uh, Julianne Moore in that movie. But uh, yeah. w- were you a fan of the uh, the original Mark Lester film? Yeah. No, nah. you like you just love the nah. book though. Yeah, I just love the book. I I just love Charlie because there are big parts of the book that like I don't care about either, you know. But like, yeah, I love love that girl, and I could could talk about her for hours and have and written about her, and I'm just really excited. I want this to be really good because I want her to get the story that I think she deserves, you know. And rating it R is a good start, you know. What aspects of the story do you hope are in it that weren't maybe in the, the original movie, but or maybe weren't done well in the original movie? Um, well, I want, well, first of all, I want the rainbird, the whole rainbird thing. I want to be done a lot better and casting an actual, um, first nations person, I think is a good start there. Um, but yeah, I want, like, I see that as like a anti-patriarchy kind of story. And I see this as like this really kind of empowering journey for her. And I think like, it just is, it, the movie is so slow that you forget about all of that stuff, Yeah, you know? And I want, I just, I don't know. I just want it to be brought to life. Like that movie just feels so lifeless, mm-hmm. you know, for a movie about, about like things exploding and pyrokinesis. Like that is awesome. I want her to like fucking tear shit up in this movie. I want shit to explode. I want things to like really, I want a bunch of fire. I want it to be really cool. Sorry. I'm the, but no, I think very, that, very excited. A lot of horses. But, yeah. A lot of horses. No, I, no horses. <laughs> I think that's a good seg though, because I, I, I think, I wonder if this is going to be more action than horror. I mean, it's not really a horror novel per se. Like it's sci-fi. It's, not. it's really more of a sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you film it more as like a chase movie too, because I actually mm-hmm. like the parts mm-hmm. where they're like kind of fleeing and there's a lot of opportunity there for the mother or sorry, father and daughter to have like bonding moments, almost like the road or like, mm-hmm. yeah, there can yeah. be these mm-hmm. moments of like, he's just trying to make sure that she can survive and, Efron's actually a pretty yeah. good actor too. Like I, mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. discounted him at the beginning of his career because I was like, oh, he's like a pretty face. But I've seen him in enough stuff now. I'm like, oh, he could actually pull it off. I think he's great in yeah. Neighbors. Like I, I yeah, think he's Neighbors the best part of the rated comedy. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Firestarter? Uh, I got nothing. I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the movie. <gasps> um, Interesting. But, but Kyle, you're in for a treat. Your your uh, enthusiasm about it makes me want to check it out. <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of King that I haven't read or seen. So I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. catching up on a lot. Hey, we are, we're all on the journey together, so hey. it makes sense, you know. <laughs> Kyle, how many books have we spoiled for you? I know, God, oh. um, a lot, right? Like now, I'm kind of nothing. feeling guilty. <laughs> now that I have the schedule, mostly <laughs> yeah. every month, I try and I try and keep up. But if there's books that I don't really that I'll get to eventually, I'll, I'm I'm mm-hmm. fine. 
you know. Yeah. Well, that's good to know, Kyle, because I, I do feel bad. So I mean, I'm sure last year was real fun when we did Desperation Regulators like back to back. And it's like, well, there goes those books. But, um, right. you know, <laughs> like I in terms of Firestar, I, which honestly, it's a pretty breezy read. Um, I bet you could you could probably knock that out in like a uh, in a weekend or something like that. Yeah, um, and not to spoil it either, but she gets elected president at the end, and it's a really strange ending. So, well, I, I, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Just I mean, I've I've listened to Castle Rock season three. Oh so I yes, that, yeah. so I know <laughs> she's right. okay. Yeah, she does. <laughs> there's a, a great fate for Charlie. Um, <laughs> but to this film, really, I don't know. It's a curious one for me because we've heard very little about it. Like there was a lot of casting information. You know, there. Maybe were a few uh, photos that leaked out on the set, but we haven't had a trailer. There's not even a release date yet. You know, someone's a little birdie had tipped me off that we're supposed to get a trailer soon because uh, there's you know some things that have been confirmed in it. But I don't know. The one thing that's really hooking me is Keith Thomas because I, I love The Vigil and The Vigil was my favorite horror movie last yeah, year. Yeah, you're big on that. So big. And I'm just really fascinated, kind of the same way with Rob Savage and uh, Mr. Bozeman into seeing how his eye is going to translate to this story. Because the vigil is such a, it, it's a capsule story. It's a chamber drama in many ways, and this is a road story. <laughs> so yeah. it's so it's the total opposite. I, I can and see I this know. doing well. I for some reason I think this is going to click with a lot of audiences because not just mm-hmm. the older King readers, but I think younger people are going to be like, oh, a violent horror movie that's rated R. That's refreshing mm-hmm. after getting so many PG thirteen versions. So I, yeah. I think yeah. it's, well, we're gonna hear. Oh, it's like uh, Stranger Things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Like you know whole, when that's it came happen. out. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen big You're time. like, well, excuse me, Greg. Yeah, Charlie's like, can I put on my mixtape, Dad? And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you know, uh, uh, Steve Harrington's going to just roll up and, uh, okay, that's enough. We don't have to Do you think they're going to use hey, the song I've... Firestarter from Prodigy? I hope so. Or the Jimmy Eat World cover, maybe in the trailer? You, you know what? Oh, man. You know they're probably going to do the cover. That's absolutely going to happen. I like that cover like, song. It's just because it's such a slow, like, acoustic, uh, like, I'm the fire starter. It's oh, like, God. What if they do actually do that? Um, it's going to be like or, the Hurt trailer for uh, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just, and you, uh, sorry, Jen, go for it. Well, this is what I'm talking about when my, my deflate, because I'm like, that's what the world is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's going to happen. Yeah. It, I do think it's going to capture a zeitgeist of some sorts. Like, I think you're right, Dan, because like it, it's just the perfect story, especially since YA is so big right now. And although Firestarter isn't YA, it if you adapt it the right way, it can certainly hit that demographic really well. Totally. Um, and especially the the demographic that's really big on like Yellow Jackets right now. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to make it a hit. I'm going to, I don't know, go see it as many times as I need to to make it win all the Camp Oscars. out like Star Wars, but for Firestarter. I'm like the only one there. They're like, you know. You're just sitting there playing with a the lighter. They're like, oh, we need just to let her out of here. Just, uh, what, is, what is she doing out there? Uh, you know, uh, 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 Paul, can you keep an eye on her? Can't light it with my mind yet. That will be an event when we cover it. Um, when that will be, I don't know, because as we mentioned, there is no release date and it's been uh, a bane in my existence because I've been trying to schedule this whole year out. And uh, it's <laughs> it's a very it's a very packed year and uh, it would be nice. I know that this is going to be a Temple movie, so I just want to be able to give some time. And I will say, uh, Universal, Blumhouse, whoever's re- releasing this, if you release this in September, I will lose my fucking shit. I will absolutely <laughs> lose my shit. We already have Salem's Lot. We have Fairy Tale. We have King's Birthday. We have too much there. It's too much. Drop mm-hmm. it in like May or June. 
do a May or June release. I don't want this in, in September, and I certainly don't want this in October. It's bring the heat to me in the summer. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, bringing the heat, this movie's coming out soon. Kyle, take it away in this next story. All right. The Caped Christine. Matt Reeves has been making the rounds talking about how fucked up his new Batman movie is. <laughs> how fucked up is the new Batman? The new Batman was inspired by Stephen King's Christine. That's how fucked up it is. <laughs> talking about our Bats' Batmobile, he told Empire... <laughs> It has to make an appearance out of the shadows to intimidate, so I thought of it almost like Stephen King's Christine. I like the idea of the car itself as a horror figure, making an animalistic appearance to really scare the hell out of the people Batman's pursuing. <laughs> this, this is from Randall, but... Do you want me to... Yeah, just too? go for it. Yeah, R- Randall wrote this right. in our newsletter. This so is me ahead. as... Yeah. Matt, you moron. Christine wasn't <laughs> scary because of its appearance. It was scary because it was haunted by a gross old man. Maybe Penguin can haunt the Batmobile. Then you might be on to something. Uh, Look, Randall and Justin have been shitting on this movie for a while because they're tired of Batman and stuff. But I think this movie looks fucking great. Yeah, I'm with you. I I can't fucking wait for this movie. I think it looks so awesome. I want a Batman that's not going to that's going to be, you know, somewhat grounded and serious. But I want a Batman that's a going to be able to give us a world that might have a killer croc in it that might have Clayface, like something that's a little more arkham knight arkham asylum based kyle i know you like comics too so Mm -hmm. what do you think about the batman are you excited for this one uh i'll just say that when i i'll get to that in a sec but when i saw this interview and read that quote about christine my first thought was batman is going to fuck this car like that's (laughs) all i could think of (laughs) just like titane batman yeah Yeah. he's this is how crazy it's going to get He's like, hey, I've watched that. Selena, just it watch this. <laughs> I, was, I, I like, I like Batman. I think uh, this looks really good. I don't know if I'm excited about it. Like, I'm not. I want to see it, but I'm not running out to see it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, um, I just think it's cool if they were doing something like a little different this time because yeah. I feel like the last three iterations have been so dark and gritty, and uh, I just, I feel like that truly different take would be going back to the 60s and shoemaker style but i think people would riot i know honestly i think the because we've kind of been caught in this marketing bubble for the past three or four years where stuff that was supposed to come out didn't and it's getting delayed so we've been you know getting teaser trailers for three years ago for movies that still haven't come out so I think that mo- this movie maybe is suffering a bit from that. Like I feel like I was still working on the remastered episodes when mm-hmm. he was cast or when they were shooting it or something. Oh, 100% you were. Yeah, yeah. But even like the backlash, though, to like when Heath Ledger got cast and then look how good that performance came out. Um, I, you know, I, I think I'm big Pattinson head. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it looks pretty cool. But it's also yeah. like you, you can't hold the media circus surrounding a piece of art to the art itself. So, yeah, maybe totally. it gets played out a little bit the way it's being advertised but i don't know i just i think it looks cool i mean hot take for me i'm more excited for what dc is doing with these single entry movies than marvel right now like i'm i'm i'm, I'm still excited for like marvel's ant-man um starring anti-vaxxer evangeline lily but uh i you know i i, I gotta <laughs> say like this batman the new batman some it looks great as much as i didn't really like the the messaging of Joker at the end of it just because it was kind of like, all right, God damn it, roll my eyes. But I thought that fucking performance was great and I thought it was original at least. Like it was, it, or not original, but at least it would, like, had a style and, a, and some substance to it. Like it had a singularity to it. And if this movie, I don't know, Matt Reeves has a good track record. 
So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm and also the way that Dark Knight pulled from Michael Mann. If he's pulling from John mm-hmm. Carpenter, I don't know that that's a bad thing. And no. I kind of dig the idea of like the Halloween Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jen, what about you? You've been kind of quiet. Are you, uh, are you a frequent visitor to Gotham City or what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I Okay, this movie, this is going to be me. Old Jen yells at clouds for a minute because... I get really annoyed when they do this fucking the Batman shit. So the title already pissed me off. It also is annoying me that we're going to have like 9,000 Batman movies before we get another Birds of Prey movie. So let's like stop recasting all these roles and make the good one. But I mean, yeah, Robert Pattinson's hot. I'm into Zoe Kravitz as um, Selena Kyle or Catwoman. So I'm excited about that. And I mean, yeah, I love Christine. I love the book and I love um, the Carpenter film. So if you're incorporating that you know i'm not super excited about this but i'm not as this like canceled a little bit of the pissed off that i am towards it yeah so yeah i'll give it a shot i do think there's a fatigue to it all because Mm -hmm. not in addition like like, in addition to like the fact that we got this trailer early on they gave us the trailer before the film was even fucking done because they had the covid reshoots and all but the i think also it's just i don't know just the genre itself even beyond dc or any single superhero, I'm just I don't know. Like uh, the the mold is tiring for me now. Like I mm-hmm. just been get been bombarded by it so much. Like I mean, we're now at this point where like we're doing multiverses, which you know I know that the the new Spider Man is supposed to be great and yada yada yada, but it does speak to a larger truth in that we are just still in this remember when, remember when, and we're capitalizing on that. And it's like that in addition to the copy and paste narrative of a superhero thing like i i do find myself not nearly as excited as i was say in like you know 2000 i, I just think of like in 2012 when, when the dark knight rises came out and i like was losing sleep over that like that mm-hmm. i just don't mm-hmm. know what if i've have i if i felt that way towards a superhero movie in the last 5 10 years i just don't but it's uh, because we're oversaturated with them because oh, yeah. there's always another one to get so excited about you know yeah um but I mean, if you were going to bring in more King elements to Gotham City, like what do you think would work? Like maybe some cell phones or um, Cujo dog. Holly Gibney would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that should be that actually cool. her against the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I do like Holly. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding, but now my, I'm on board. My big thing is I because my favorite version of Batman is still the animated series, mm-hmm. and because I like the Art Deco old fashioned like you know Batman has a computer, but it you don't imagine that most of the people in Gotham have a computer. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I just think like that captured like the aesthetic of Batman that I really uh, like. Mm-hmm. So, Which was built know. on I'm, the Burton, you know, it, I mean, it was yeah. definitely an extension of Burton's video. Yeah. But Burton hated the cartoon because he thought it was like taking away from. Did he really? Yeah. I just listened to uh, uh Springfield uh, Simpsons podcast that did a episode just about the animated series and some interesting oh man, insights. that's depressing. Like, I, I, that that's that's fucking crazy. I guess it makes sense because they do use the Elfman theme in it too. And that was the big thing: um, is Elfman and him had a bit of a falling out over uh, mm-hmm. Jack's speaking voice. So the fact that the, he then made this mm-hmm. music for this cartoon show that Tim Burton <laughs> didn't like, you're like, hmm, interesting. Well, mm-hmm. Tension. Well, hey, I still want Burton to come back and make a like a Dark Knight Returns with uh, Keaton, and you know he's gonna be in the Flash, so you never know. Um, Just don't put Johnny Depp in it, and I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, any other uh, any other thoughts on on Gotham City King <laughs> Stephen? I like Paul Dano. Like he's freaky, so that yeah, I think makes he, me excited. He can be a really good actor, so that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see his take on the Riddler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Colin Farrell. Okay, I'm a little bit more 
excited. Oh, Peter Skarsgård. Okay. But you have to see Colin Farrell. I pulled Farrell up IMDb. For, he doesn't oh, look like Colin Farrell. It's, no. I mean, oh, it's really yeah. good. It's really good makeup. He's that. he's a far cry from his SWAT days. Um, but mm. uh, oh, no, I, I love like hot. Killing of a Sacred Deer and In Bruges. Like he's a great. Oh actor. yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. really some great yeah. great movies. He's I great just, in Fright Night too. Oh, I do yeah. love. Oh, yeah, him Fright Night. He's good. Kyle, do you have anything else to add to Gotham City and Batman? Well, Stephen King, adding him to the Kingian Kingian elements. Last week's episode was about a plant. Batman has a foe Ooh. named Poison Ivy. That's oh, it. That's all yeah. I got. What if that's the ending would... to the plant? You know, like <gasps> he's like, you know, uh, I've been waiting a long time, and I and I I just I really do love poison ivy. Uh, I love I, the. I he has too. a bad experience with poison ivy too, if you read on writing. But um, you know. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just want to say poison ivy is the cartoon that I've always been like the most attracted to. Like I'm more of a poison ivy than a Harley Quinn guy. But I could oh, see yeah? them doing in the new movie like an eco terrorist type, yeah. and I actually think that would be Ooh. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. would you cast as Poison Ivy? Oh man, that's Sophie Thatcher. Just, <laughs> just go to. Oh play, yeah. Just Tom go Cruise. to. This. I mean, uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> played Franny. Tom, Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh yeah, Franny from the new. Don't be glib, Dan. Yeah, sorry, You're so glib. Odessa Young. Odessa Young would. Yeah, if you just mentioned, did you Odessa mess her? Young. Yeah, like God, she would be mm-hmm. fucking great as uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah. Oh. Okay, oh. I'm suddenly you know more what? excited. Yeah, Maya Hawk. That's oh yeah, nice little yes. nod. Yes, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, yep. and there's like a photo of uh, like her visiting the set, you know, um, from the original <laughs> one, like like with her mom. It's like, oh, this is my mother, and it's like, oh, that's familiar. <laughs> nice little wink, wink. Um, we've been talking a little bit about eco terrorism. Uh, that kind of connects to our next story. Dan, take it. Oh, good rotation there, or should I say, good revelation? In fact, mm. uh, because King will be featured in a new horror collection. Relevate revelations. Wow, I can't revelation. Revelations, uh, my yeah. favorite book in the Bible. Uh, it is. It's mine too. It, it, I used to read it just because it was all about like the apocalypse. So I'd be at church reading about like a seven-headed mm-hmm. dragon. Same. Um, Same. So anyway, the aim of this is to donate all the proceeds to climate outreach, which is a good cause. Um, it's a pretty impressive lineup of authors. We have Joe Hill, Ramsey Campbell. Uh, is it Tanana Revi Du? I was just reading about her too the other day. Uh, Clive Barker, Sarah Pinborough, and Paul Tremblay will also be included in the uh, collection. So hmm. what do we think about that, diehard readers? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's do do we do people collect these anymore? I, I know that they were big in the nineties and the eighties. I, I just wonder like if they're not a real featured collection of stories i mean look these this 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 lineup of authors is just incredible but i do feel like they're harder to find these days or you know especially with the since you don't really have physical bookstores as much anymore i just don't know where they're found unless they're they are relying solely on just the authors tweeting about it and then you can kind of go from there i mean actually maybe it's easier to find now i don't know it just seems like such an interesting vintage um medium if you will, yeah. I, I just don't mm-hmm. know. Like, because I know that he did one for like the flight or fight collection, which totally went by me, even though we were yeah. covering him week to week. Um, I don't know, Jen. Do you? I mean, you you're a voracious reader. Do you get yeah. these collections ever? No, I don't. But yeah. I mean, I would be into this. Are, are they going to be new stories or like previously published stories? I'm interested in that because it's Cause it's if uh, it's a new one from like. From Stephen, I would buy it just for a new Stephen King story, but like add Clive Barker in there. And mm-hmm. you know. but the the issue is like if it's a story that I've already that I already own, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not gonna I'm not 
probably not going to buy yeah, any book. I, I you know? feel like, too, if they're writing to the topic, right, is the subject matter of the short stories going to be climate change? Or is this just, mm-hmm. you know, individual stories whose, you know, profits go to climate change? Because if they're all geared toward yeah. climate change, that can get a little tiring after a while of just the same right. subject matter. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it's the like cover. It's like Poison Ivy after Poison Ivy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Poison Ivy. He's putting a hat on a hat. Because um, the cover has like a plant on it, it you know. So I don't know. I think be. it will be. I, I do think because I think it's going to have to have some sort of connection to climate. What change. if he finishes the plant? I know. What if, that <laughs> would be wild if it was, and we just did the whole episode, and we'll have to like redo the whole fucking thing again. You um, know what? I bet he was listening, and he was like, "You know what? I've got this climate change project coming up." Yeah, like originally he was going to do like just in the tall grass as a reprint, and then like you know, hey, actually, uh, I just listened to the Losers Club, and you know they were giving me shit about not finishing this, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope I, you didn't listen to that. <laughs> I actually do hope it's uh, a new original story and it is related to eco horror because I when you think back to like some of his works, like when he's involving with like nature and all, like I, I think he really is like I think that's one of his like strengths because it's like natural horror is so creepy because it's something unstoppable, right? Like you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's a, it's, you know, there are forces beyond your control. Like I always think of Jordi Verrill and we talk at great lengths mm-hmm. about that in a recent archives episode when we talked about the unwritten creep shows or the unpublished creep shows. And it's really unnerving reading that. And when you have that sort of nature taking you over, I don't know. I, I kind of hope he does have something in that vein again because yeah. that stuff gets under my skin. No, I think the no terrors of the natural world are always frightening as hell. I mean, there's so many plants that are designed mm. to kill you and animals <laughs> that can just slaughter you. Um, so yeah, I think like some of King's work, I agree. Like Cujo, just here's a big scary dog. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's enough to terrify without having to add a ghost in there all the time. Um, yeah, it could, it could be. I, I, I love Clive Barker too. Um, and his short stories I've been reading a lot more lately, and like. Because they're doing like that new Hellraiser reboot, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually mm-hmm. very excited for for HBO to pick up. Um, yeah, I, I especially like you're right. If they finish the plant, this might be a great time to do it. I mean, it would probably <laughs> sell like crazy if if it was announced that it is the plant. I, I can't even imagine how many constant readers that had been waiting forever for this story to finish, especially if you went back and kind of redid some stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. This would He'd sell out. Yeah, Joe Hill. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome to read some of his stuff more. I, I recommended to yeah. Richard Chismar that because his son's a writer, and I was like, "Do you ever think you, like Joe Hill and your son, will collaborate?" Like, oh, that's Richard funny. Chismar, I'm like, keep the Gwendy stories going. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. What if it because Joe Hill's listed on here it is just in the tall grass? Like, how much of a disappointment would that be? Like, it's yeah. just you know, because they just did their reprint last year, so we just found, kind of been like, oh wow, really back to that well again. All right, so uh, Revelations, you can pre-order that right now. I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's a hardcover, which is nice, especially if you're you know a constant reader. Maybe they'll pick it up. But w- I mean, we're going to have to pick it up because we're going to have to figure out what fucking story is in this. So uh, we'll see. Um, look, there is one story we do know that is coming out, though. It's our top story. And look, I, five years into doing this podcast, I don't think any of us are ever going to get used to a new book announcement. You know, they kind of just drop out of thin air and we all scramble mm-hmm. to cover it like, uh, you know, like trying to you know, figure out what it's going to be. Um, but to borrow from David Arquette and Five Cream, this one kind of feels a little different um, because I, I, and I think, you know, I think it's because all of us were anticipating his next book would be either another true crime go around or um, that COVID 
parable that he was talking about last year with Holly Gibney. And uh, maybe he listened to all the people online or he's just like, oh, I'm going to put Holly, put Holly aside for a second. But I, I just really don't think anyone, even despite Beb Vincent teasing it to us last year, anticipated what we're going to get, which is fairy tale, a fantasy book of all things. And uh, it's coming in September, September 6th uh, via Simon & Schuster. Uh, Jen, do you want to read the synopsis for this? Uh, sure. It's, it's a little long, but it, right. I, I think it's worth reading before this because it, there's a lot of context to it. All right. Legendary storyteller Stephen King goes deep into the well of his imagination in this spellbinding novel about a 17-year-old boy who inherits the keys to a parallel world where good and evil are at war and the stakes could not be higher for their world or ours. Charlie Reed looks like a regular high school kid, great at baseball and football, a decent student, but he carries a heavy load. His mom was killed in a hit-and-run accident when he was 10, and grief drove his dad to drink. Charlie learned how to take care of himself and his dad. Then, when Charlie is 17, he meets a dog named Radar, Raider, Radar, Radar and his yes. aging master, Radar, not Raider from um, Meeple or, Things. Or Raider's Lost Ark. Um, um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and a dog named Radar and his aging master, Howard Bowditch, a recluse in a big house at the top of a big hill with a locked shed in the backyard. Sometimes strange sounds emerge from it. Charlie starts doing jobs for Mr. Bowditch and loses his heart to Radar. Then when Bowditch dies, he leaves Charlie a cassette tape telling a story no one would believe. What Bowditch knows and has kept secret all his long life is that inside the shed is a portal to another world. King's storytelling in fairy tale soars. This is a magnificent and terrifying tale about another world than ours in which good is pit pitted against overwhelming evil and a heroic boy and his dog must lead the battle. So there's a lot to unpack there, but here's what King yeah. said about the inspiration behind the novel. Uh, he said, I saw a vast deserted city, deserted but alive. I saw the empty streets, the haunted buildings, a gargoyle head overturned in the street. I saw smashed statues of what I didn't know, but I eventually found out. I saw a huge sprawling palace with glass towers so high their tips pierced the clouds. I saw a magic sundial that could turn back time. Those images released the story I wanted to tell. And I, I, I think what you could read the excerpt. Once again, thank you, David yeah. Lynch. Yeah, all right. Well, there exactly. you go. You know, Gordon Cole, back in, back in action. You know, Not only just is he going to be in the multiverse, he's on this podcast. Um, so there's an excerpt, that, that a very extensive excerpt, mind you, uh, on Entertainment Weekly, you know, King's uh, alma mater. Uh, who gets all the exclusives? And um, they th there's a there's real a lot of details in it, and um, we're not going to read the whole synopsis, or we're not we just read the synopsis. We're not going to read the whole excerpt because we're going to be here all night if we do that. But there's a lot to to take away, and I guess the first question I have, and this is for Flieger, uh, do you think this is, this is absolutely going to be connected to the Dark Tower, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah. Even like the mention of like the Emerald City, right? Mm -hmm. That's in yeah. the Wizard and Glass. Like after mm -hmm. the Blaine, the Mono Ride, they end up like off Topeka. There's like the Emerald yeah. City Palace. Um, actually, so I, we just spoke to Richard Chismar before this, and he's read this book. And oh. Caffrey and I were probing him a little bit, and he's like, I can't say much, but he said he loved it, and that it made him feel like a 12 year old boy, like the excitement while reading it. So oh, I, I think this is pretty cool. Like I like like I'm a big fan of like Eyes of the Dragon. I like when King goes off on these little fantasy jaunts. Uh, so I'm I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to it. And I think it's 
you know, the Gwendy books were connecting to the Dark Tower. And I've always said there's going to be more Dark Tower books. And Richard more or less confirmed that his theory is that there are going to be more. So I think this might just be oh, wow. another entry that brings us closer to a, well, I guess it would be the ninth official Dark Tower book. Well, I'm, I'm wondering because a lot of listeners on socials when this news came out, the, you know, Talisman was also brought up. And I'm wondering if, and this is my theory cap, if he's going to bridge, finally bridge like the Talisman and the Dark Tower together with this to kind of forge a new path where he could create more stories that involve the Dark Tower. Like maybe there's a new cadet with like a new issue that get, has to happen. I mean, when you really think about it, the Dark Tower itself, despite, you know, without spoiling any of the ending or whatever, it really is a sandbox that just can go on forever. Like, I mean, it's there's so much that you can do with it, especially given all the fucking parallel worlds. But I do think you need to have some sort of structure still, even without that. Like, you can't just be like, oh, it's right, the Dark Tower. So I do think that there has to be some sort of, I don't know, hook or link that draws in some of the past in a way that doesn't just be like, oh, well, we're back in Midworld with a glossy, you know, overstated thing. And there's a guy that's kind of like Richard Ferris or, you know, Richard, you know, um, like Randall Flagg, you know, like, you know, there's gotta be more of an illusions. What, what, I mean, do you think that that's, that is maybe what he's trying to do Flieger, or do you think it's just, it's going to be kind of more elusive in that way that, that Gwendy's uh, has also been. I mean, I think it's, it's hard to say, like, I, I think it's just a fun world to play in. Right. And I think he has mm-hmm. a lot of stories. And like we were even talking about how in the if you ever read like was it the Little Sisters of El Ruria? Yeah. yeah, it's like a little we'll side story that you don't have to read the Dark Tower to appreciate it. But there can be a lot of these little side stories that are connected to the Tower universe without it being just straight on Dark Tower. I will say though, the cover art I think is really cool for this book mm-hmm. because it's like this spiral staircase, but it also looks like the eye of a dragon with scales around it. It so does. I think that's like, yeah. That's what immediately jumped out to me, and that you even have like a crimson eye in a way. So you do because the it. way that the, the 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 hand pointing it does almost have that sort of um, curve that the crimson king eye does too, yeah. which is cool. Um, and I think and just like the bricks laid out, they look like scales, right? So I they just do. think whoever did the book mm-hmm. is it's great cover art. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, you actually uh, shared something funny about the release date for this, which seems pretty pointed too. Yeah, this is a little uh, Gerberlytics here, but. Uh, <laughs> This was on a like a Stephen King constant reader Facebook group I saw, and uh, the release date is nine six twenty two, nine plus six plus two plus two equals nineteen. Ah, interesting. I I, uh, I don't know. I feel like King loves the nineteen thing. I mean, even mm-hmm. even when you read on writing, he has references to nineteen in it, which is why. I mean, granted, there were things that actually happened in real life, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's still nineteen. Still. Um, Jen, I know you're, uh, we're not really big on the fantasy elements so much, uh, with, at least with the dark tower, me and you are kind of on the same page where we're, we like more of the, the drama, the, the more grounded stuff yeah. in, 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 in this world, maybe not in the other worlds. What, what, are you excited for this one though? I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited because it's a new Stephen King book. So regardless of what it is, I'm going to be excited. Um, I, I don't know. Reading the framing story, I think, is what I'm more excited about than more of the fantasy elements because that sounds really intriguing, and it reminds me a lot of eleven twenty two sixty three, just like the the kind of framing and then going into a portal. And I mean, there as much as like as a whole, I think I'm I wouldn't consider myself a tower head. 
I don't really love the talisman, but I loved Black House and I loved the drawing of the three. And there are things that I really love in the Wolves of the Kala and the Dark Tower. And so I think what it what I really enjoy. Oh, and I loved the Eyes of the Dragon. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed that one. Um, but what I really like about the tower is when he connects it to his other stuff, you know, and so I'm like you know, when a character returns from a story that I really like, or like a, you know, I, I don't know, a lot, a large part takes place in New York city, which is what I love about the drawing of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's, if it's just not all in mid world, you know, then I could really be on board with it or really give me a witch. I'm, I really want there to be you a want witch that in witch. this story. <laughs> yeah. I really do. It's going to happen at some yeah. point. And, you know, Dan, you were mentioning that, like, ghosts are having a resurgence, but witches are having a huge yeah. resurgence. Like, and not necessarily like the, the Wizard of Oz type witches, but like lots of different, like, manifestations of witches. So, like, go for it, Stephen King. Yeah. yeah. And I'll read it first before you publish. I'll give and you I also, some notes. I, I wonder too, like, <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Um, if it's <laughs> going to involve like general fairy tales, you know, like mm. the fairy tales mm-hmm. that we like Brothers Grimm type fairy tales and like that, yeah. certainly there's a witch is a villain in a lot of those, you know, so I don't know if it's just yeah. this one little thing or if this is a world where maybe fairy tales are true and come to life. Yeah. Well, we were talking yesterday to Paul Moravec, who did the Shining Opera, and he was talking about how King writes archetypes mm-hmm. really well. And I just hadn't really thought about it in that way, but I think fairy tales are based on archetypes also. So I think it could be a really interesting fit. And I know, like, I was reading about queens and, like, I don't know, princesses. And I think that's really interesting. And I think King can do that really well. I just. I don't know. I just hope I hope it's a little more grounded for my sake. Yeah, the grounded elements certainly seem like echoes to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you're looking at just the initial premise, kid meets an older man on the top of the hill. I mean, he just did that with Mr. Harrigan's phone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the death leads to a larger supernatural sort of changes his world, you know, with the cell phone and Harrigan. This is with, you know, this other world out there. Um, so, uh, you know, he is kind of revisiting some old beats there, um, and they're familiar beats, but, you know, as you said, they are archetypes. And like, I think that he is good when he, you know, he's really good at using old tools, I feel like, and making, mm-hmm. new, and making new things with them. But you could, I do think that this is going to connect Dark Tower, Talisman, and possibly even Eyes of the Dragon, because when you look at, like, it's strange that he mentions, if you read the excerpt, the kid mentions where he's from, which is Illinois. Like, and that immediately perked my head up because it's like, well, you know, King doesn't generally write in Illinois. It's obviously, you know, we get, we get Maine, we get Florida, we get Pittsburgh, uh, occasionally mm-hmm. California, you know, if he goes around that area, but whatever, but like, or Colorado, but Illinois, one of the first, one of the mentions of Illinois is a boarding school that uh, Morgan Sloat's son Richard is at in the Talisman. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's going to be a linkage there. Mm-hmm. You know, the the mentioning of the, just the Emerald City, as you mentioned, Fligger, is really curious to me because I'm wondering, like, because in this, I guess we can't really, can we, because we talked about in The Wizard and Glass, though, but we didn't get into, like, what actually happens in the Emerald City yet because that's in Worlds of Kala, Right. Yeah, we're not that, quite there. Okay, so, I just keep okay, so we can't talk above about board, but okay. But I, so I do you. wonder. I do wonder if there's going to be some more um, literal use of Emerald City, and it's not just going to be like kind of like a you know a parallel. 
of sorts. Maybe there's a witch there. It could be. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I and like the witch of Stephen King. Yeah, you know, be, technically could be four witches depending on when what year they visit. I guess. Yeah. But. Right. I don't know. I, th- th- what other things did you get from from you know from reading the excerpt and just the project in general? Uh, I'm I'm kind of like Jen though. I'm just like whatever he's making. Like I'm interested. So. It doesn't matter if it's true crime or fantasy or horror. I'm always just going to read whatever comes out. So I'm all for it. And I think, like I said, I'm a sucker for good cover art. And I think this cover art mm-hmm. just looks awesome. Yeah, it looks great. It seems really creative, too. And I mean, we were kind of talking about this in um, the archives episode we did about the accident, where I feel like King is kind of getting to the end of a phase. And this seems like a new yeah, direction really for him does. to go into. And that really excites me in a lot of ways. And, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the true crime stuff, although I did kind of learn to love Holly. But, you know, I'm ready for something new. Yeah. And, you know, even if I don't love it, I still am really excited by that. And the the thought of him, you know, not being at the end of his career, you know, like that he is excited about something new too makes me excited yeah, to read when, whatever it is. When he experiments with genre, because like Gwendy's Final Task is largely a sci-fi book. And as I was reading it, I was like, man, this is so cool to be reading like a new Stephen King book that's largely sci-fi. So yeah. the idea of reading a new book that's largely, you know, fantasy fairy, I'm like, this is great. It, I think you're right, Jen. It's, I think he's coming to the end of the true crime phase and maybe kicking off something new. So. Well, it makes sense. It's the beginning of a new decade, really. I mean, we're still in the beginning. Who would you cast in this movie? (laughs) And why is it Tom Cruise? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For this, based (laughs) on the excerpt. Yeah, Jacob Tremblay. Right, he's got to do it. He could do the voice of the dog. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I actually was going to radar. What type of dog do you think radar is? I'm hoping it's a corgi. You know, the bumbler. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of directional dog because of the name, right? What dog is on the cover? That's. Oh, that's I mean, a there's a dog point. on the cover, right? That is true. I, is I really, you know, I really kind of botched that one. That, that they should have just looked. Maybe let me look at the cover real quick, because I want to. Oh say, my god, it's Cujo, and he's riding it. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> what if it was like Cujo's hey. baby? Um, it looks like a German oh, shepherd. Oh, Kujina. Kujina. Hoju. Hey, but look, there is a cat on the cover of If It Bleeds, and there are no cats in any. That of is stories, true. So. But we it do know there's a dog a now, though. It, I'm hoping it's a corgi, but look, I'll it's settle a for a German dog. Shepherd. They're a good dog, you know? My yeah. favorite, my, well, my dog, uh, Shiloh, uh, is, uh, you know, half German Shepherd and half corgi. It's not really my dog, but he is, you know, he's, he's my best friend. Yeah. So Spiritually, he's your yeah. dog. He, he's a great dog, and uh, German Shepherd, he's half German Shepherd. So if German Shepherd's in this uh, book, maybe I can pretend uh, Yeah, it does look like, because well. I found an alternate cover, and it, it's definitely German Shepherd. That's good. I'm good. I'm I'm in there. You know. I'm, What's the closest corollary to a bumbler? Like what dog? That would be is Corgi. To a bumbler? It'd probably be Corgi. Sh- probably Shiloh the dog that um that I, I watch. Oh uh, yeah. We like, call him a right. bumbler. Um, I need to get 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 over it, Mike. But uh, some other <laughs> some other takeaways too, which I liked is we could always kind of glean the things the, the things of King that we can glean from his stories. And you mentioned uh, TCM. And if you follow his tweets, you could t- you you know that he just watches TCM like religiously. So I like the fact that we we kind of see a little reference to TCM. It's good. In, uh, I, I, the excerpt. It's one of my favorite sections on the HBO Max app is the TCM mm-hmm. section. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're not. We? We're That's about uh, Turner, Turner Classic <laughs> Movies. 
Well, that's <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a good reminder, Jen. Uh, I should say this episode is sponsored by Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you wondered where Leatherface was the last 50 years. Well, uh, we're going to ignore the eight sequels that happened and we're going right back to the time of Sally Hardesty and she's going to take on Leatherface no different than Jamie Lee Curtis did with The Shape in 2018's Trauma. <laughs> Are we really sponsored by this? No, we're not. Uh, but, no. you know, hey, free plug for... Hey, Big a, Chainsaw, if you want. No, you know, he I just kills, like, like he kills influencers. We don't want to become one. I know. Well, hopefully we don't get Chainsaw canceled. Chainsaw dies tonight. Him. God, oh, just... Well, the, oh. Same movie anyway, so what does it matter? Any other thoughts on... Uh, on fairy tale here um, I, I mean just, we're surely going to be talking about this like nonstop throughout this the, this year but do we you know. do we know of any other books that are coming out this year because we have Gwendy we have fairy tale is there anything else on the docket before the end of 2022 it seems like he's been doing a two book release each year yeah so unless mm-hmm. if Gwendy counts because it's co-written I don't know yeah that could be there could be another one Next week. But it's like there's a lighter I know, I know, one right? than the, the heavyweight, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because later was like yeah, later like and later Billy. Was, yeah, yeah, it was like fast food and then Billy was a little bit more of a, a meal. Yeah. 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 Meal. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and honestly, Not that I didn't like later. I did like it. But yeah. You know, there's I've been enjoying covering these new books as we, we cover the old ones, too. It's, it's a little confusing mm-hmm. when we're looking at it chronologically, but... Um, they've been fun, and this we're surely going to be covering fairy tale when September rolls around. I again, I can't. It's just going to be such a chaotic fucking month. Like, I mean, the fact because you know, like Salem's Lot is arguably the biggest <laughs> adaptation this year, and the fact that it's dropping the same month as this book, and also when we're getting to Wolves of Kala, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot going on. I will say, Flieger, you chose. A hell of a beat to cover for this year because it's uh there's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you're I think you're doing because we're also getting Black House too, which means that we'll technically be done with the you know that run also. So if there if this is indeed connected to Talisman, we'll have that sort of narrative uh, to finish too. But um, yeah, I don't know. Exciting. This is exciting this might be the most. This yeah. might be the most exciting year for King that we've done since 2017. I was going to say, you know, mm-hmm. Green Day says, "Wake me up when September ends." I say, "Wake me up when it starts." <laughs> uh, oh my god. god all right when it starts when it starts not when it ends hey remember when um the video came out for that and they made a big hubbub about it and like half of the video is just uh the kid from billy elliott just being like i it was i did this for us i did this for us and it's just like no music whatsoever i remember being like that's a wrap um anyway it's a wrap, it's a wrap on this it's episode a wrap, billy it's a wrap uh it's a wrap on this episode because the clouds are coming, the sun's fading, Hollywood King, oof, it's time to leave it. And it means it's time for us to hit the road, Jack. And by Jack, of course, I mean Mr. Shades himself, broadcast news star Jack Nicholson. Uh, but before we hit the dusty trail, let's give our constant listeners an update on where we're going next. Jen, tell us what is going on over at Psychoanalysis this month. Well, our February theme is dementia, and we just um, tomorrow, as we're recording this, are going to drop our first episode on the taking of Deborah Logan, and we're also going to be covering Relic, the 2020 Relic, for that theme too. But we have um, a more kind of more fun episode. Speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we are covering the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a comfort horror episode. We recorded it with Katie Reif last weekend. It was so much fun, and I'm really excited. To- a comfort horror on Texas Chainsaw. Flieger, you have a match now. 
in terms of uh, picking an alternative uh, you know, choice, a title for uh, comfort horror. Who the fuck watches right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre for comfort? Like that movie's fucking like, just yeah. jarring as hell. Um, oh, God. I know, yeah. I gotta bring yeah, that up. Was Katie Faces of Death here. already taken? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I, I look. Randall doesn't get scared easily, and he really doesn't. And we went to go see that for the first time together um, for him at the Music Box, and he was shaken after that. And like, I, it's, so it's upsetting. It's yeah. an upsetting movie. Um, I feel like I, I can Randall smell that movie. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, uh huh. From the second yep. it starts. Uh, yeah. Well, have you been listening to our episode? Yeah, God, more like comfort um, odor. No, sorry. <laughs> well, that sounds. <laughs> He's flipping through that dad book. Just yeah, dad joke, I got there in the middle of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dad book. I, I'm going to actually maybe we, maybe we can go to Amazon and find some dad books that can uh, that can if get not, sponsorship. I want to write that. On, the know, We're going to write that. You should. That'd be <laughs> great. Speaking of the plant. right? Oh, my Lord. Uh, Dan, what can we expect next uh, on the Dark Tower Detour? I think you've already teased it. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, just before this, uh, Dan Caffrey, co-host, and I interviewed uh, Richard Chismar about the Gwendy trilogy. And uh, that's dropping, I believe, right around the time the book comes out, which is February Mm -hmm. 15th. And he was just like such a cool guy. And he gave really insightful answers. And just he's definitely the kind of guy you want to like hang out with. Like he just so if you want some more questions not just about Gwendy, but even further along in the Dark Tower journey, uh, tune in. And we put spoiler warnings for the parts that spoil stuff. So don't worry. We're not going to just give away the ending like the Sixth Sense. It's a good listen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I didn't mention this before, but when the, the Sixth Sense first came out, I was reading, I was in like high school, and I was reading a separate piece, and I was loving this book so much. And this one asshole kid came up to me and was like, why are you reading this? Uh, you know, so-and-so dies. And I was like, I was like, fucking asshole and i was like i was like oh what did you do last weekend and uh and he like told me what he did he's like oh so you didn't see the sixth sense well then you don't know that that well now you know that you know so and so uh is actually you know dead this entire time and he was just fucking livid at me and i was like no oh, we're even and oh, he's yes, like well, that true. book that, he's like that book's like a hundred years old or whatever and i was like yeah and i was enjoying it so i always think of uh-huh. a separate piece when i think of uh that movie i'm glad you anyway two wrongs do make a right yeah well they do you know <laughs> Hammurabi's code, you know, am I right? Uh, yep. But uh, mm-hmm. God, ear for um, an ear. Yeah. So Kyle, tell us what projects you got working on right now, other than obviously the Losers Club. Well, I was gonna say you can hear me each and every week right here on the Losers Club. Yeah. Uh, my work, at least. Yeah. Uh, but when I'm not doing that, uh, I am a senior video editor at uh, Men's Health, and uh, we have a YouTube channel there. And uh, my latest video went up uh, yesterday. It's called Ooh. "Don't Read the Comments" with Stevo from Jackass. Wait, really? Mm. Yeah. Holy shit, that's awesome! That's, really cool. that's uh, I'm dying to see that new movie. I I can't I, wait. I'm a huge Jackass fan. We gotta so, go see yeah. it. Um, yeah, that would be. I can't wait. We'll we'll come back and go. Well, well, actually, wait a second. I always forget to do this, Jen. What's your social handles that people can find you? Oh, <laughs> I always forget too. Jim Ferratu, two ends. Yep. And, and Psycho A Pod, if you want to find more information. Yep. Psycho A Pod. Second analysis, Dan. Where can we find you? Uh, Dan Flieger. That's basically not too exciting, but good luck oh. spelling my last name and looking for me on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, you could find his last name in the description of this episode. And Kyle, I don't know if you want everyone following you, but if you do, throw your handle out. Uh, it's uh, Kyle underscore Arazo. I cut off the end of it because it's too many characters. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's uh, like Synecdoche, New York. Too many characters. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, God, and too many emotions in that one too. That's a Harris Whittles joke. Uh, that is a great joke. You have God. to drop in some snare a little. Uh, it's going. I love in, it. Yeah. 
future Kyle has a lot of work to do. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> this was a fun app, though. I, you know, I, by the way, mm-hmm. did you have fun on your first rodeo? I will never come back. <laughs> never again. I quit. <laughs> Right. Well, this is this turned out to be a bad idea, uh, but no, I right. honestly I thought this is a great idea. I thought this is a lot of fun. Yeah, you gotta, uh, gotta say, Kyle, you did a good job. You totally have a face for podcasting. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you remember the voice of your father? Uh, Rimshot but, uh, there. Mm. <laughs> about that. Well, look, we got a busy month coming up. This is just the beginning. Uh, next week, we're gonna be listing uh, listing our ten favorite Stephen King stories for Valentine's Day uh, with special guest uh, Julia Marquezzi. She's coming back. Um, and then we're going to return to the Overlook for a long watch episode on The Shining with uh, host writer and producer Jed Shepard. I cannot wait for that. Uh, and then we're going to be closing the month with a very nerdy book episode on King's memoir on writing. We're, we're all going to no doubt wax nostalgic about how um, we're all failed writers when you uh, when compared <laughs> to King. Uh, no, I'm just joking. We're all multimillionaires, clearly. Um, but you know, look, we're always dropping surprises, so definitely keep your eyes peeled. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because you know we're always kind of sharing fun stuff there. I think today we shared a dog, and uh, we shared <laughs> all a kinds new of episode. fun stuff. So it's all kinds of fun stuff. So Here's definitely a fucking follow dog. us on there. You know, look, but you know, I, I take a lot. Like Sammy and I take a lot of time working on that socials. So I, I really under underselling it here. But if you want to know every anniversary for any fucking king thing you're gonna hear about mm-hmm. it and see about it on those things and we we take a lot of time putting those in there whether it's original images or you know fun factoids that i'm desperately trying yeah. to find i read a spoiler that next week we're gonna be posting a cat a cat <laughs> yes how about that <laughs> meow wow. meow indeed uh but look if you're looking for more <laughs> content including uh dan's dark tower detour you better join us over at the barons uh our patreon www.patreon.com slash the barons uh, we got so much content over there. When I say hundreds of hours, I'm not being hyperbolic. Uh, that's literally what's in there. Uh, and all those um, actual archived episodes that Kyle painstakingly edited all those years ago are also, some of them, many of them are locked behind those walls. So uh, join us, five, $10, $5 or $10. It's not that hard. We also have an exclusive Discord community. So you can join many other constant listeners on a daily, hourly, minute basis it is a busy community over there and um it's hard for me to always go in that community because we have a collecting king section and everyone's always sharing links and um not to say anything and to put too much personality on here because i do that enough already i'm a shopaholic and so uh please stop sharing the goddamn links i'm broke and uh i've bought too many king things now in my house but anyway there are countless ways to enjoy us uh your favorite your devoted your only Losers Club, and rest assured, we'll be seeing you over long days and, and pleasant, pleasant, pleasant nights. This is the end of our show for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>